The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. New Phyrexia is coming soon, and StarCityGames.com is your source for boxes, cases, fat packs, intro packs, complete sets, and singles. Head on over to StarCityGames.com and pre-order New Phyrexia today. Self-indulgent? You haven't seen anything yet. Let's go and get your grimy with the rhyme style line scene. Now, never mind the crazy times behind me. But I'd like to mention how thankful I am for everyone that reads my article. Star City Games, Channel, Fireball, Legion Events, and RIW, MTG Mom, and MTG Salvation, Mana Nation, Quiet Speculation, The Magic Show, and The Starkington Post. The podcasters casting from coast to coast. Top 8 Magic, Yo MTG Taps, Men of Magic, and MTG Cast. Limited resources, mana deprived, MTG the source, 60 cards, GG's live, TCG playoff, the 1802 drop, blogs by Jerry, AJ5 Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 63 of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. And I'm Beardless Joe. And uh, we've got quite an episode for you today. Uh, those of you who have paid any attention to what was going on in Magic over the past few days... Uh, probably know by now that the entire set for New Phyrexia has been spoiled. Um, <clears throat> somebody, apparently, I mean, obviously, it must have been some sort of Wizards employee, leaked a PDF uh, godbook of the entire set. Which we've got card images, everything. The set is entirely spoiled. Um, so, on the one hand, very exciting. You know, at first, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to read this, right? Like, you're super excited at first, but um, I don't know. How do, you, how do you feel about it now after after seeing the, the cards, Joe? I mean, I, I well, I mean, first of all, uh, about the actual set being spoiled so early, uh, I think it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And this is something that has not happened, and I believe, since Judgment, which was 2002. So it's been a really long time since anything of this I, magnitude has happened. Besides the, the past few years... Uh, most sets were spoiled about a week out from the pre-release, or at least they were about 95% spoiled. Uh, right. You know, by the time it was about a week before the pre-release, but uh, there was still a lot of potential. We were still learning about cards from official spoilers. You know, like you'd go right. on, you'd go onto the mothership at midnight and see cards that you hadn't seen yet. I don't think I ever felt this way before when we used to get spoilers um, from MTG Salvation and things. Uh, Wizards has done a fantastic job over the past few sets of keeping things, keeping spoilers to a minimum. Like, uh, uh, like very few cards are being unofficially spoiled. Uh, so the fact that, I mean, it was kind of a big deal that we got the 20 cards that we, we got a few weeks ago. Like, I thought that was pretty huge because, like, whoa, 20 cards that Wizards did not mean for us to see are spoiled. But now we have the whole set, and so this is this is huge for uh, for Wizards, you know, in a negative way, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and so I guess here's the thing. When Wizards makes a set, they're super excited to tell us about it. Like, think about uh, Mark Rosewater's articles and his tweets even talking about Oh, I did something so exciting for this coming set. I can't wait to show you. I can't wait. It's like they're kind of planning a surprise party for all the players. And when stuff gets spoiled, especially an entire set gets spoiled, I mean, that's ruining the entire thing for them. And so they must feel pretty crummy like when this kind of thing happens. Right. Uh, not only those people, but all the small sites that get exclusive previews. Um, those Those sites now have... 
nothing. Like, they can get an exclusive preview, but, I mean, what are they going to do? You know, talk about Karn? They're, you know, like, everybody knows. It's no nothing going to drive traffic to their site, you know, that, that which is kind of the the exciting part of having an exclusive preview. I mean, uh, Chris Otwell was saying on the interview this week with uh, on Men of Magic with Patrick Chapin and Bill Bolden um, about how they normally get a preview card. Monday Night Magic does. But, like, if people who normally don't listen and would only listen because it's a preview card, they have no reason to listen now. You know, that's a, that's a big hit to those sites. And then think about all the people like, you know, Adam Staborski, the, the writers for uh, for Daily MTG, all of them. But, I mean, you know, Adam is, is a friend of ours. Mike Flores, they're going to get preview cards and they're going to have to write articles kind of as if people don't know what the card is. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's it kind of takes away a lot from from that and and it takes away from us too because we were like really excited about this set you know i'm really excited to learn all these cards when they're spoiled little by little but we just got the whole thing in a full blast and now we have there's no excitement to build up right so i don't know is that pretty much how you feel too yeah i mean like it's 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 nice i mean i like it as a player you know what i mean i like to be able to to see what we we've got coming um gives me time to prepare, um, you know, just to get an idea of what I want to be, you know, trading for, what I want to be building. Gives us a lot of time. I mean, okay, but again, just like the format got figured out so quickly for Besieged, think about how quickly this format's going to be figured out. Um, And if you think that, uh, you know, if you think that the format for Besieged got stale pretty quick, just imagine uh, how stale this is going to be when the best deck shows up um, what, where are we going to, we're going to be in, uh, Orlando, right? Orlando, uh, star city games, open series hits Orlando on the same weekend as yeah, the release, the day after the cards become legal, we're going to see these decks. And for all we know, you know, these decks could be the decks that we're going to see right. period until M12. Like, you know, players like Jerry T and, and the, the star city stalwarts are already brewing with proxies and trying to break this format. Like they're now, al- they can already prepare for Orlando, right? And now on the plus side, though, mm-hmm. this set looks like it's going to shake things up a lot. Yeah, you've got cards that just directly deal with planeswalkers. Um, you've got free spells in every color. Oh, it's so awesome! I'm so excited <laughs> about this set. It is it is the coolest set I've seen in a long time. Some of the most amazing artwork. Yeah. That we've seen in a set in a long time, just top to bottom, you know? Um, it's it's a really, really exciting set. Um, we're in for a treat here, uh, but it's a treat that uh, it was like we, uh, you know, went under our parents' bed and opened all our Christmas presents early. Exactly. You know I mean? That's exactly what it feels like, and that was an analogy that I had thought of but uh, forgot just now as we were recording, but I was thinking about it last night. How it, that's what it feels like. It feels like you found out all your Christmas gifts, and now on Christmas morning, yeah, you get to play with your gifts, but you don't have any surprises, you know. So it's a really good analogy. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to each talk about our top five cards. Now neither of us know each other's list, so there's going to probably be some overlap. And then I think we're going to mention you know a dozen or so honorable mention kind of things, cards that yeah. are interesting. Um, but first, before we do that, I do want to mention what I. Uh, what I think is pretty relevant is uh, the pre-release and the release promos. I'll let you go ahead and, and talk about the pre-release one. Go ahead. 
Um, I don't know what you, they are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what they are. You forgot. It's, yeah, okay. that's exactly right. I, okay. I don't remember. I'm, I'm so overwhelmed with cards right now that okay. I don't remember what the pre-release or launch cards are. Fair enough. All right. So <laughs> the pre-release card is Sheoldred Whispering One, which I find amusing that the name is Sheold Red. Um, I, I don't know why that's amusing to me, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, it costs black, black, and five mythic rare legendary creature Praetor. It's a six, six. So that's, that's a six, six for seven. Um, swamp walk at the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. So, uh, that's a pretty sick card. Now it costs seven. Right. It's so sick. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I actually didn't know that that was the pre. Maybe I don't know what the pre-release and launch cards were because I actually <laughs> did not even know that. Uh, so that, that's a pretty neat card. I mean, for, first it reminds me of Sun Titan. Like whenever, except at the beginning of your upkeep, you get something. Um, but the fact that you also get uh, your opponent to have to sacrifice a creature, like that's that seems pretty good. I mean, now do. Do I think it'll see play in standard? Uh, I think people will try it. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know that it'll uh, that it'll stick. You know. Yeah. Um, you know what? It seems like a really good uh, a really good finisher for. What's that? The perpetually non-existent mono black control deck. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, some of these cards in New Phyrexia will maybe make that a viable deck. Um, Somebody was playing it at the uh, at the Invitational back before Mirrod and Besieged. Uh, somebody was playing Mono Black Control and doing well. I, I remember the guy's name was Jesse, but I can't remember his last name, unfortunately. Um, Jesse Butler. He was playing Mono Black Control at the uh, Star City Games Invitational in Richmond back in December. So it, we've now had a set since then, and we have a new set coming. So I guess it's possible to, to play it. Now, I just don't know how... I don't know if it hits tier one or maybe tier two even, but uh, you can bet people are going to try it. Of course. So People are always going to try it. Exactly. So uh, for the launch party, the promo is Phyrexian Metamorph. Uh, Phyrexian Metamorph is – it's it's essentially an artifact version of clone – Right, but you can pay Phyrexian blue instead of instead of paying a blue mana. You can pay two life. So it's Phyrexian blue and three artifact creature shapeshifter rare. It's zero zero, and uh, you may have Phyrexian metamorph enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact or creature on the battlefield, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. So it's a clone that can clone artifacts and creatures. It's pretty neat. Um, but I think that's a pretty cool card too. I like that. Uh, and and people, you know, clone has always kind of skirted the uh, the bounds of playability. Right. I mean, people have played it before, and so this is a better version of clone. I agree. Maybe for three mana, it might actually see a decent amount of play. You know, especially right. in any color. I mean, and the fact that you can uh, copy an artifact as well, it just gives it that added versatility. Like. You know, somebody has a Sword of Feast and Famine, you're just like, all right, three and two life, I have a Sword of Feast and Famine. You know? Right. I mean, he copies swords, copies 
you know, mortar pods, if that's the sort of thing you want to copy. Uh, and we have a host of other cool artifacts in this set that he could copy as well. So those are the, uh, the, the promos we're getting for that, uh, for the release and the pre-release. And I, I think they're pretty good cards. They're not, uh, they're not disappointing by any means. So that's kind of cool. Um, all right, so let's move on to our top fives. All right, what's your number five? My number five is Blighted Agent. Hmm. Blighted Agent um, is a blue and one. It's a 1-1 one, one human rogue. It's a common. Uh, infect unblockable. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about the name of that card. I'm like, what is that? So yeah. I just think that's a, just a really sick tool for the blue-black infect decks. Um you know, and, and I think that with, uh, you know, with things like vampires, like with that set or with that deck having access to things like vampires bite and um, and now the uh, the free green plus two plus two spell. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, um, I just think it's it's sick. Uh, I think it's a really cool card. Um, and I think that it'll see a lot, a lot, a lot of standard play, to be honest. Like, cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I think people will definitely be trying that too in the infect decks, right? I mean, right. That's that's pretty awesome. I'm saying if if there is an infect deck with blue, that it will be in there as four copies. (laughs) Absolutely. And and it seems like you know infect with blue is a pretty popular choice right now. Yeah. Um, And there's another card on my honorable mention that uh, further that that adds to uh, to that as being a pretty viable strategy. Cool. Sounds good. I like it. It's, it's not even on my list. I like that even better just because I like that we have different cards. Yeah. So oh, yeah. We're going to have way different cards. Trust it's me. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. So, okay. So my number five uh, is – and this will be a quick one because you guys already know it as Scream Whip, but it's actually called Lash Writhe, which is the four mana cost artifact equipment rare living weapon. Uh, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each swamp you control, and you can equip it for two Phyrexian black. Or, you know, so basically two black or four life or a black and two life. So, uh, pretty cool card. And I think this card is just the fact that it's a nightmare right away. Like, nightmare costs six and was flying. This isn't flying, but it's just the ability to, like, I think living weapon is better than we realized. It's, it's at least better than I realized. Um, and we're seeing mortar pod C play right now as like uh, a, a staple in Callblade, or it's becoming right. a staple in Callblade. Um, but, uh, and, and people were playing Bone Horde was another one that was, uh, you know, the, the Lurgoyf uh, living weapon. But if there is a mono black deck, or even a deck with heavy swamps, Lash Writhe is a pretty awesome card for that deck. Yeah, so, that's um, a pretty wicked card. And the artwork for that is fantastic. And the fact, yeah, no, yeah, it sure is. And the fact that you can equip for free, uh, yeah. essentially, is is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, that's huge. So Suicide Black, it doesn't even have to be Mono Black Control. You could play Suicide Black with this and like Phyrexian Obliterator and uh, you know, Phyrexian Rager. Or like you that. could play, uh, or you could play Mono Black Infect and put this on a Plague Stinger. Mm-hmm. Or on your, uh, <laughs> or on Skitherix, or on Skitherix, or on your ink, uh, Blink Ink Moth, Ink Moth Nexus. I'm like Ink Blink Ink. Which one is it? <laughs> Blinky Inky, Ink Moth Nexus. So um, that that's pretty sick. Um, so go ahead. What's your number four? 
Number four on my list is Dispatch. Um, Dispatch is has been spoiled for you know for a little while before the rest of the set, um, maybe a day or two, I guess. It's one um, of the ones that was officially spoiled. That's right. In the um, new mechanics article, I think. Yes, indeed. Um, it costs one white. It's an instant. It's an uncommon. Tap target creature. Metal craft. If you control three or more artifacts, exile that creature. Uh, it's just a really sick removal spell, and it gives things like the, um, you know, like the uh, metalcraft mono white metalcraft decks, gives them a really strong, really strong removal spell. Um, not to mention, you know, could also have a home in some control decks. Yeah, I uh, think because uh, more, and more and more of the control decks are running things like tumble magnets and stuff like that. Uh, right. So. There's a, oh, I'm sorry, I, I have no, a, a good example of, of what you're talking about even. Um, Sam Black posted a list the other day in his uh, Star City article about uh, – or it was a Venser Tezzeret list. And so it plays a bunch of artifacts and it's Esper colors, so Dispatch fits pretty well in there. And there's also a block version of that deck going around uh, online. And so there's another place for Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And in, I mean, it's going to be huge in block for sure. Yeah. Um, and block is uh, some of you hopefully have learned from last year. Uh, block is always a sign of things to come. In, yeah. Uh, following uh, standard season uh, post rotation. Yeah, we so, saw the uh, the rug deck come out of that that tournament last year. Drazi Green came out of that tournament. Yep. Uh, lots of different things. So uh, pay attention to those because um, the 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 cards you see. Uh, you know, storming the block tournaments are the cards you want to be picking up in droves, uh, to quote John Medina. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to, you want to be picking those cards up uh, before rotation because you know that is your window and it's not that big. So, you know, take advantage of that while you can. So, my number four card is Gitaxian Probe. Uh, this is a new one. It, oddly enough, I'm going to reference Sam Black's article again. He was talking about how many. Peaks would Callblade run if it were legal. The card Peak, uh, which was last printed, I believe, in 10th edition, was a, a instant for a blue, and it was look at target player's hand, draw a card. Well, here we have Gitaxian Probe, which is a sorcery for a Phyrexian blue. So a blue and two life, or blue or two life. Uh, look at target player's hand, draw a card. Um, I think this is amazing, and it's really good. It's it's good across formats. Like, it's good in standard. I mean, how good is the information to be able to see your opponent's hand? That's kind of what Sam Black was talking about in his article about Inquisition of Kozilek. He was, that's where the uh, topic of peak came up, because he was saying part of the strength of that card is just the information you're getting. And I think his next sentence was, how many peaks would Callblade run if it were legal? So, ironically, here we have peak, or a version, a variant of peak, being made available to us for free for, for, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, Patrick Chapin compared it to street Wraith on Twitter. Um, street, street Wraith was a cycling car that cycled for two life, or it was like a creature. I think it was like a three, three for four or something. It's um, a three, four, uh, swamp walk, I think for like four mana or something. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's from like future site or something like right. that. And, um, and it was cycling pay two life. Yeah, you're right. It was a 3-4 for 5. 3-4 Swamp five. Walk for 5. Right, right. they so, run in Dredge. Right, so the idea was you can cycle this for free without paying mana, so you basically have a 56-card deck. You just have to pay some life to, to get, you know, to cycle it. So here we have another 
kind of street wraith. You pay two life and cycle it, but you get to look at somebody's hand as well. And you can also just pay a blue for it too. Um, I kind of think it's funny because it's almost like a, uh, a thought seize where instead of you, you taking their card, you get to draw one, you know, it's like a, it's like you pay two life, uh, look at target player's hand. And instead of taking a card out of it, you draw a card, but in this case, you don't have to pay a black either. So True. very cool. This is a common and I love it. Let's <laughs> move on. So what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Chancellor of the Annex. Chancellor of the Annex is a 5-6 flyer for three white and four, uh, which, you know, if that were all the card was, uh, I wouldn't be talking about it right now. <laughs> Uh, it's a rare. It's an angel. Uh, you may reveal this card from your opening hand. If you do, when each opponent casts his or her first spell of the game, counter that spell unless that player pays one. And then its ability when it's on the battlefield is whenever an opponent casts a spell, counter it unless that player pays one. I think that card is so annoying and awesome. Like... I mean, I don't think it, I don't know if it would be useful in any other format, but like in standard, like just having your first spell, you know, having to play around a counter spell to begin the game is pretty intense. And then it can double as a finisher in like a blue white control deck. I just think it has a lot of utility. And I mean, not to mention like once it's down on the battlefield, it just kind of, you know, goes, uh, was it, uh, Force spike. grand, grand, uh, oh, grand okay. arbiter. It, yeah. I, yeah, it's I I I think of it as force spike, you know. Well, sure, yeah, but, but like, but I mean, when it's on the battlefield, it's not a surprise. Yeah. So it's more like Grand Arbiter, like your spells are going to cost one more. Right, right. I see what you mean. So I, I love this. Like, yeah. The the thing, think about it this way: if this were force spike, right? Pretend it's force spike. Force spike was a blue to counter target spell unless that player pays one. Right. Um, so if you had it in your opening hand and you drop your island and you say go and they play a spell and you tap it, tap your island and and uh, force spike it, right? So that's that's what Chancellor of the Annex – if Chancellor of the Annex were force spike, that's, that's what would happen. But instead, you can go uh, opening hand, oh, I'm going to show you Chancellor of the Annex. So there's my force spike <laughs> and uh, I'll use this blue mana for a preordain. You know, like, <laughs> like that's awesome. And then also, it doesn't leave your hand. You know, it doesn't go to your graveyard. Right. I'm, not, I'm not trying to say this is better than Force Spike or anything, but sure. if it, it, in an opening hand situation, it, it actually kind of is better than Force Spike. If you have it in your opening hand, I'd rather have this in my opening hand than Force Spike is what I'm saying, because this is a free one. It is, it is uh, uh, like you said, it's not a surprise because you reveal it, but at the same time, they can't. They have, to play they, they have to play around it. They have to. Whatever spell they decide to play, they need to pay an extra for it, or they just need to throw away a spell. Right. If I mean, if they, if you're playing against, uh, if you're playing against mono red, they have to go turn two goblin guide and tap two mana for it just to get it to resolve. Mm-hmm. And that's if you don't, you know, if that's if you don't have, uh, which is the card that is most certainly your number one card on the list. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Uh, if you don't have a counter spell that counters a spell that costs one, yeah, sure, like sure. That. So, uh, but yeah, like this card is really cool, and it's cool that it's actually white instead of uh, instead of blue. It's kind of interesting. So, 
I actually like this card a lot more um, than than I thought I would. I think my the first time I read it, I was like, "Oh, cool," and then I just went right over onto the next card. And uh, but yeah, it's it's actually pretty interesting to be able to do that. Um, I really hope you surprise me, and your number one is Chancellor of the Spires. <laughs> Surprise! Okay, <Fat> chance. <laughs> so uh, my number three is Beast Within. Yes, that's a good card. This card, uh, when I first read it, I didn't really like. I, you know, I think I skimmed past it, but, but you know, you go back over the spoiler the second time, and you start noticing things, and you realize that Beast Within is uh, pretty sick, especially for a card, or especially for green to have. So Beast Within is an instant, it's an uncommon, it costs a green and two. Destroy target permanent. Its controller puts a 3-3 green beast creature token onto the battlefield. Destroy target permanent? Yeah, last time they did that, it cost six in green. Yeah, you know uh, what I mean? it was called like, Desert Twister, right? Right. Uh, this is, it's, it's Vindicate. It's, uh, I mean, destroy target Jace, destroy target Valakut, destroy target Primeval Titan. I mean, any destroy target Baneslayer, just whatever, destroy target Eldrazi Monument, whatever. Yep. It's ridiculous. This is a, this is a vindicate. It's permanent. You can hit lands. I love the idea of mana screwing somebody, uh, in green by basically going, you know what, um, I'm going to destroy your land. So even though you have a 3-3 guy, maybe I have something, you know, that that doesn't care about your 3-3. Leatherback bailout. Yeah. Hopefully I, not, but <laughs> probably. Um, so, I mean, and, and now you're mana screwed or something. I mean, that's just a, a rough idea. I mean, it's so it's, – it's about as versatile as a card can be. It's an instant that says destroy target permanent on it. Right, um, the rest of the text is almost irrelevant. Although, I mean, a 3-3 three, three is not irrelevant, but... It's almost irrelevant. It's almost irrelevant when you can destroy target permanent. Right, like, you're not going to hit somebody's, like, you know, 1-1 one, one with this or something. <laughs> you know, right. like, it's really... You're I'll not, kill your Arbor Elf and give you a beast. Like, yeah. <laughs> But w- w- I think another huge application of it besides Jace is Gideon. Like Gideon's a huge card for green decks and aggressive decks to have to, to deal with. Um, now it's not so bad when you say, Oh yeah. Instead of everybody attacking your Gideon, uh, you can chump block with your three, three, uh, when I attack you, cause that Gideon's going to be gone. You know, it's, it's awesome. So, I mean, it, it's splashable. It only costs one green. So if, uh, you know, you don't have to be playing an aggressive green deck. You could be playing anything that plays green and and have removal, have like very versatile removal. Mm-hmm. It seems really, really interesting and cool. So, I agree. It's a pretty awesome spell, and as someone who loves the green spells, uh, having destroy target permanent in green makes me pretty giddy. So you're number two. The second card on my list from the top is Despise. And Despise costs one black. It's a sorcery. Target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a creature or planeswalker card from it. That player discards that card. Um, Speaking of things that deal with Gideon, uh, why don't you just deal with him before he ever hits the battlefield, you know? Yeah. I mean... Or Jace, you know? That was what people were saying, you know, Titans are safe from Inquisition and Duress. Right, 
They're not free from despise. Not anymore. Jason Gideon. Oh, they're they're safe from Inquisition, which is probably what well, definitely better right now than duress. But despise hits hits uh, Titans and Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. And it sure does. Fauna shamans and Lotus Cobras. I mean, it doesn't have to be a big creature that uh, you know that you wouldn't otherwise be able to hit with Inquisition, but. If you're running both, and you, you you have the option, right? But yeah, I think it's a really cool card, and it's a nice little addition to the uh, to the one mana black discard suite. You know, the the family, I guess. Mm-hmm. I agree. Pretty sweet. Artwork by Therese Nielsen, right? Yep. Were you saying sweet? Like it's a sweet card? Uh, yeah, both. <laughs> yeah, this will be an awesome looking foil for sure. I know this is one that uh my roommate Travis will be coveting for sure. Yeah. So um my number two is Batter Skull. Yeah. Batter Skull is an artifact mythic rare for five. Artifact equipment. Living weapon. Uh equipped creature gets plus four plus four and has vigilance and lifelink. Um for three mana. Return Batter Skull to its owner's hand, and the equip cost is five. Um, this card, now this is what I was saying, I almost feel like this is why I am realizing how strong Living Weapon is. because, And especially on a card like Batter Skull, because a control deck can play Batter Skull as its finishers. as Like just four copies of Batter Skull, um, if it wants, and just... Play the Batter Skull and use that, and maybe you know if you want to equip it to your uh, Ink Moth Nexus or something like that. That's great too. Um, but the fact that you can protect it by returning it to its owner's hand if they try to destroy the Batter Skull—that's pretty amazing. If they kill the creature, like okay, so I play it on turn five and I have a four-four lifelink vigilance, um, and now on turn six I go I attack and you go condemn. Like all right. Germ goes to the bottom of my library. Um, pay three at the end of your turn to return my batter skull to my hand. Uh, my turn seven, I'll drop a land, drop batter skull again. You know, now you need to deal with it again. Like, and four four vigilance lifelink is is pretty sick. I mean, it makes every creature into kind of like a baneslayer, right? Or it's baneslayer esque, or, or a. Uh, a warm coil engine. I mean, the lifelink is is huge, but the vigilance is also huge. I just think this is going to be so ridiculous, and it's already like a nine dollar or a ten dollar card on Star City. I think it's actually twelve fifty. Is it okay? I, it was when I pre-ordered it last night. It was just ten. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I I love it, and the artwork is so strange. It's Mark Zug who typically has some pretty awesome artwork, and this is no exception. Um, it's just this weird-looking creature, but if you look closely, like there's these little guys just kind of flying in the air, like they just they just got battering rammed with this thing. But that is funny. I didn't actually notice that. That's yeah, hilarious. I zoomed into the uh, the PDF really far so I could see what was actually going on in the artwork. But I love this card. Like this, this would be my favorite card in the set if there weren't something else almost like something else way more ridiculous. Right. Well. um... So uh, I guess we'll get right into that, yeah? Um, my number one, and this is what I was saying, I cheated. My number one are <laughs> <laughs> the free spells. Okay. Um, all of them. Like, I just think it's so ridiculously awesome that um, we have a cycle plus 
of free spells in in magic right now in standard even um i think it's insane i don't know some people i mean it's very controversial uh a lot of people are saying that like you know of, of you know the weekly death knell uh of yeah. magic is being rung um ban free know. spells yeah you know i don't know just ban magic how about that yeah um but i think in the meantime while they're uh not banning Magic the Gathering. Um, we'll be playing with some awesome free spells. Um, and I guess we can start with your favorite. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Remember, we haven't looked at these lists. We haven't looked at each other's lists before this, but I told you guys at number four that I knew what Joey's number one was. I think I think a lot of people could probably figure it out. But <laughs> um, my favorite card of the set... Drum roll. <laughs> Psychic Barrier. Wait, that's not it. No, my favorite card and and this the card that people are flipping out over is Mental Misstep. It is a Phyrexian Blue, instant, uncommon, counter-target spell with converted mana cost 1. So, this is exciting on a number of levels because its applications in standard aren't nearly as uh, as broad as they are in Legacy. And this is the first set that's coming out while we're now in the legacy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think it's pretty exciting for both of us because it's, you know, usually we just look at, at cards from the, uh, you know, the perspective of standard. And I think that's still, I mean, I think that's still going to apply for the most part, but we're also looking at them uh, from the perspective of legacy and mental misstep is huge in legacy. Um, there's so many cards that cost one in Legacy, and this is – it's blue, but it doesn't cost blue. This is like Force of Will levels right here, it, except you can play it in any deck. You don't need to remove a blue card. You This card is very likely going to be played in almost every deck in Legacy because yeah. it doesn't cost blue. It costs two life. Right. Or it's it, it basically – that's what it should say. It should cost two life and say you may pay one blue mana instead of paying <laughs> two life. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like that's more accurate I, I think. This is the you know turn one thoughtsies, uh, mental misstep, uh, mental misstep, your mental misstep. This is going to go back and forth. People are going to be misstepping each other's missteps and uh, <laughs> people are going to be mental. You know, like <laughs> it's uh, – going to be tripping over each other's feet. It, it, pretty much, but I mental mean – feet. So this is absolutely huge in in Legacy, and every deck can play it. Um, you know, close second for me uh, mm-hmm. in the free spells is Noxious Revival. Okay, I, I, that's on my list. I like that a lot, too. I mean, remember how good Regrowth was? I have Reclaim in my hand right now uh, because I was actually, like, I was digging through all my cards and was considering it for, like, a Legacy deck. Because it's, I mean, it's just one green. It's an instant put target card from your graveyard on top of your library. I'm like, well, that's pretty sweet. And, like, Noxus Revival's the same thing, only it's better, yeah. And it can target any graveyard. Yep. I mean, like, it's just, uh, you know, strictly better. I'm going to yeah. go, I'm going to go there. <laughs> I think it is strictly better. I mean, the strictly fact that strictly better than reclaim. Yeah, you can. You have an alternate option for its casting cost, and you can target either graveyard. So now this becomes a way to, you know, in a pinch, fight Vengevine. 
Yeah. Right. There like, you, go. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like, yeah, they're going to get their Venge vine, but they're not going to get it for, for free. They're not going to get it back. They're going to need to play, pay for mana for it. You know, th- things like that. I mean, that's just one example, but, um, you know, look, look at legacy. There's, there's decks that use the graveyard in legacy. I think there's one called dredge that does uses some old mechanic. I forget what the name of the mechanic is, but it's like from Ravnica block begins with a D anyway. Um, and they use the graveyard a lot. So this is just another little bit of graveyard hate. Now it's no surgical extraction, right? but, uh, obviously surgical extraction is the black equivalent of this, except instead of putting it on top of its owner's library, it, extirpates them so if you're really trying to target your opponent more often then you're more likely to want to play surgical surgical extraction but the, sure this one has a little more versatility in that if you if your primary goal is to reuse one of your own spells you want to use noxious revival it's there's a lot yeah there's a lot of uses for it i think it's a really neat card um i want to run through just real quick the rest of the free spells because i just okay. think it's worth mentioning we have all these free spells we should mention them uh mutagenic growth costs phyrexian green target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn um i've always felt like i really like the idea of the free spell or not the free spells of like you know creature pump spells in like mono black infect like vampire's bite i just feel like that's a really underplayed card in infect um i mean it's you know you don't need to kick it, it doesn't need lifelink you just pay one black it gets plus three plus oh you know that's just that's awesome mm-hmm. um having another pump spell for like a mono black infect deck i think is huge right you know just having that second option um it just makes it ridiculous um gut shot is phyrexian red it deals one damage to target creature or player um which i mean again that's just awesome a nice little surprise you know yep um surgical extraction we've talked about so i'm gonna skip it um we already mentioned uh the two in blue we mentioned mental misstep obviously and we mentioned to get taxian probe marrow shards also has the potential to be uh one of the most awesome free spells uh besides the two that we mentioned or three that are clearly more awesome so maybe like (laughs) you know what i mean uh marrow shards is phyrexian white instant deals one damage to each attacking creature i mean that's nasty i mean think about the blowouts that we're gonna have to deal with at the pre-release because of that yeah it's crazy Um, yeah so those are the free spells now um i have a uh list of honorable mentions. I'm just going to quickly run down my list and I'll r- tell you what the, uh, the ones that aren't, that haven't been spoiled. Um, I have hex parasite, which almost made my top five, but it didn't. Uh, but it's still awesome. Uh, mere superior which is a five, six artifact creature for two, but you can only play it. If, uh, you can only pay its casting cost with creature with, with mana from creatures. So like Birds of Paradise or like Lotus Cobra or Jiraga Tree Speaker or Grand Either Architect vile. or what? I said Aether Vile. Well, yeah, you can Aether Vile it out too. So, I mean, it, that's pretty cool. Like somebody has called it the new Goyf, but it does – you do have to actually get the the mana out of creatures or play it in some other way like Aether Vile. Right. Um, then we have Sword of War and Peace. Now, this is a card that we've all known about for a long time and is conspicuously missing from our top five lists, but I still think it's a cool card. Um, it is obviously a, a sword gives protection pl- from uh, gives protection from red and white, and 
when whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, Sword of War and Peace deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in his or her hand, and you gain one life for each card in your hand. So I think people are underwhelmed by this, and I don't know if it's just because uh, the whole spoiler came out at once or what, but um, I think this is pretty cool. Uh, it's it's <laughs> that's a lot of damage. Yeah, no, I mean we were just we were talking last night because uh, Mark and Lloyd were over here briefly. <laughs> Uh, Mirren Crusader plus Sword of War and Peace equals uh, with six cards in your opponent's hand. Yeah, equals just one hit kill. I mean, you're just yeah. like uh, double strike ten you ten you. Good game. Like, yeah, I mean it's pretty nuts. That's sick. And, and then uh, the the pseudo lifelink is pretty good too. I mean, it doesn't even have to be uh, you know on anything huge. But think about like how many cards are typically in something like. In, in, in a call blade player's hands, I mean, usually it's it's at least you know a few, and if you are just attacking with a with a squadron hawk in this, you're basically burning them, and then you're gaining some life. So it's like it's kind of a ridiculous life swing happening. Like they're losing however much, and you're gaining it. It's it's very life linkish, yeah, in a, in a strange way. Um, and uh, I, actually, there's been several times when I've gone. When I've been playing like a uh, playing Callblade and playing Stoneforge Mystic, thinking, "Man, I wish one of these swords gave Life Link. Like, I, I need some life, <laughs> quick." So uh, this is an option. Now, I don't know. It definitely isn't as good as Sword of Feast and Famine, at least not at first glance. Um, but I don't think it's as bad as people are kind of uh, not giving it credit for. <laughs> that's it's kind of a strange way to put it. Um, but <laughs> so uh, also on my list, Jin Gitaxius Core Augur. Great. Let's talk about that because that was going to be the first one I mentioned from my honorable mentions. Awesome. I love this guy. I think he he's actually playable in some sort of reanimator strategy. Uh, he costs blue, blue, and eight. So he costs ten. He's a 5-4 legendary creature, Praetor, mythic rare. He has flash. Super awesome. At the beginning mm-hmm. of your end step – Let's see. At the beginning of your end step, draw seven cards. Hmm. Each opponent's maximum hand size is reduced by seven. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is this is nuts to me. Um, you know, basically he has flash, so uh, I'll just play him during your turn. At the end of your turn, you are now uh, you, you basically you discard your hand, unless you can remove him right there. You discard your hand. Right, like you have no cards, so you're just drawing off the top of your deck. And if you don't play the card in your that you, that you draw, you lose it. Actually, yeah. yeah, I mean it's just it's nuts. And then oh, by the way, I'm gonna draw seven cards. Go every end step. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, it seems very much more likely to be some sort of reanimator target. Um, and of course, it's you know it dies to everything. I mean. It reminds me of Iona a little bit, where you know Iona kept them from playing spells of a certain color, um, and she's a legacy staple now in in Reanimator kind of decks. Now the thing is, if they already have a decent board presence, a five four is not going to be such a big deal. Like if you do it to like a zoo deck or something, like woo, I'm just still gonna kill you with Nakatles and Tarmogoyfs. You know, my Tarmogoyfs probably bigger than your Jin Gitaxius anyway. It's like a 5-6 or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, but if you can do it when uh, when you're keeping the board clear or something, that's, that's pretty neat. But it's, it's a fun card, and I think it's 
it's a griefer card too. Like I don't know if those even work together. It's fun, but it's also a griefer card. Uh, whatever. Fun for the person casting it. Exactly. So I have Vapor Snag, which is a one blue instant common return target creature to its owner's hand. Its controller loses one life. I love that it's just a one casting cost bounce spell. Uh, seems unsummon with a little bit of damage tacked yeah, on. Exactly. Uh, nice little way to uh, just like you said. It's just it's like a little bit better unsummon. I just like it. And then Psychic Barrier, which is the one that I jokingly said earlier, which is a counter spell for blue blue. Except it only t- targets creatures, so it's kind of essence scatterish, and its controller loses one life. So both of those cards kind of look like cards we've seen before, but they also do uh, just a little bit extra, and I, I like that. Yeah, that's um, neat. The other one I really like, and this one actually almost made my my top five as well, um, is Dismember. Yes. This one, I was like, this looks like a, p- a potential replacement for Snuff Out. In legacy decks, it does it will cost one. So basically, dismember is an instant uncommon. It's black. It costs Phyrexian black, Phyrexian black, and one. Uh, target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. So you can snuff out if, if for those of you who don't play legacy or don't don't remember, um, it costs four mana and it's destroy target non-black creature. You can uh, pay for life instead of paying its casting cost if you control a swamp. So dismember, you don't even have to be playing black. You can just pay the four life and one mana. And, and not- it kills Tombstalker. Right, exactly. That's the other thing. So you can kill Tombstalker. You can kill Dark Confidant. Um, and I, I just think this is, uh, this is a really good, potentially potentially really good legacy card here. And I think it's definitely going to see some legacy play. Yeah, barely barely ma- missed my honorable mention list. Uh, it was one of the cards that I kind of yelled about when I first saw this list. <laughs> you know what I mean? You kind of yelled. I was kind of yelling about a lot of cards last night, though. <laughs> oh my god! Did you uh, like over the dumbest cards? One one infect that you can tap to deal one damage, target creature or player. Oh my god! It only costs two to tap it. Oh my god! And it's in red. Like I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just I, I get excited. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's an awesome removal spell. Yeah. It's it's really strong. Um I like I like your comparison to Snuff out there. I didn't quite think of that, but I just like the fact that it was essentially a minus five, minus five for one colorless. Yeah. And that's sick. Yeah, really like that. Um this one I love. I posted this on Twitter this morning. Mycosynth Wellspring. It's, oh yeah, yeah, I knew yeah, I knew this would be another one you liked. It's uh it's half of a solemn simulacrum. Right, yeah. Solemn Simulacrum was uh, from Mirrodin, and it cost four, and it was a two-two. And when it came into play, you could search your library for a basic land, and put it in your hand. And when it left play, or when it went to the graveyard, you could draw a card. So Mycosynth Wellspring it costs half. It's an artifact, common. It's not a creature. Um, so you lose the creature bit of it, but when it enters the battlefield or is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal it and put it into your hand and shuffle your library. So it's like, it's like the, the good half of solemn simulacrum. Like you lose the, the grizzly bear, but you have the other stuff. Now you don't get to draw a card. Instead, you're getting a land in place of drawing a card, but you basically that's drawing a card. You just know what the card is. Um, I love it for mana fixing. I love it with something like Venser and Tezzeret, and that's something that you know I'm kind of interested in working on, both from Sam Black's article and for maybe for Block or looking forward to next season. Um, 
being able to say, I have a Mycosynth Wellspring. Um, I'm going to get a land, which is fixing my mana. I'm going to play uh, Tezzeret and make it a 5-5 five, five and attack a bit with it. You might kill it, then I get another land. Or maybe I'll just blink it with, with Venser and get another <laughs> another land, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it, it's pretty cool, and it, it's it's a nice uh, complement to Icker Wellspring as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it harkens back to it, I guess, all the way back to the fall. Um, <laughs> now, I have just a couple more. This one, I think, is really fun. Darksteel Relic. Yeah. <laughs> Cost zero is an artifact, uncommon. Darksteel Relic is indestructible. What else does it do? That's it. <laughs> it is just a zero casting cost artifact that is indestructible. That's it. But it seems really good with Tezzeret. Yes, it does. It and seems... this is pretty good with uh, the Mox Opal. Right, Metalcraft. It enables mm-hmm. Metalcraft. Um, so I just think it's neat. Now, I don't know if it's playable, but I think it's really neat. But it does seem good with, with Tezzeret. Uh, I just love that they're like, here's a card, doesn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a blank, except it's indestructible. It's an indestructible blank. Um, uh, another one. I used to love Diabolic Edict. In this set, we get Geth's Verdict, which is a black, black, and uh it's a black, black instant target player sacrifices a creature and loses one life. That's what it was. I knew there was something extra on there. Um, I used to love diabolic edict. And, and since then we've had like what, uh, chainers edict and uh, cruel edict, both of which were sorceries. Right. Chainers edict was awesome because you could flash it back for like a hundred thousand mana. But, um, Actually, that's how much it was. It was really, it was, that's why they never reprinted it. Cause it was really hard to fit all those mana symbols. On right. The card. Exactly. Like, you know. Uh, so, so yeah, so Geth's Verdict is another instant sacrifice a creature. So I love that. And that's another mm-hmm. card that goes very well into the mono black control kind of thing. It yeah, gets around, sure. you know, gets around protection, sacrifice your, your throne, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yep. you know, he has shroud, gets around shroud, gets around protection, that kind of thing. So, uh, I think, I think that's pretty cool. So, uh, the last card on my list is Malira Silvok Outcast. She's a two, two for a green and one legendary creature, human scout rare you can't get poison counters creatures you control can't have minus one minus one counters placed on them and creatures your opponents control lose infect <laughs> somebody was saying is this a soft lock with phyrexian unlife hmm phyrexian unlife makes all the damage uh you know all, all damage dealt to you as though it's source had infect but if you can't get poison counters you basically have this little soft lock where you can't lose until That's they pretty awesome. <laughs> until they remove one or the other, like so. God forbid they they play a creature removal spell. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still cool, and I think it's neat. It's a neat little. It's an. It's cool that they included that in the set. I think so. Yeah, that was the last card on my honorable mentions list. I know that was a heck of a list, but maybe some sure. of them, some of them aren't really as much honorable mentions as they were. I wanted to mention them. Yeah, of course. But uh, so my first one on my list is uh, corrupted resolve. Um, it's an instant. It's a blue and one. It's an uncommon counter target spell. If it's controller is poisoned. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, counter target spell is usually pretty good and it's a pretty, you know, if you're playing that strategy, it's not too hard to get them poisoned, you know? Yeah. Kibler loves it. Yeah. Right along with the blue, black infect deck. Yeah. Um, next on my list is torpor orb. Torpor orb is a rare. It's an artifact. It costs two. Creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. 
So I think that's really interesting because it shuts off Titans. Um, it shuts off, um, you know, any other abilities that like, like any other things that are on the battlefield that cause abilities, but enter the battlefield triggers are gone and like, you know, stuff like that. I think that's a really neat tool. Right. Um, So yeah, it shuts down squadron Hawks, right? Shuts down Hawks. Shuts down Stoneforge Mystic. Shuts down Stoneforge. It shuts down Acidic Slime. Titans. Titans. Um, uh, that that goblin dude that destroys lands. I can't remember what the hell it's a called. A Ruin Blaster. Yeah, Goblin Ruin Blaster. You know, it's a lot of different things it shuts off. I think it's a really neat card. Uh, In Legacy, it shuts down Phyrexian Dreadnought. Not shuts it down, but enables it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so instead of, awesome. instead of having to stifle your uh, Dreadnought trigger, you can just <laughs> have, have the orb in play and then play Phyrexian Dreadnought and it doesn't. You, you, they enter the battlefield. Trigger doesn't work. That's I thought you'd great. like that. That's great. Um, okay, so the last card I want to mention is Shrine of Loyal Legions. Shrine of Loyal Legions costs two. It's an artifact. It's an uncommon. At the beginning of your upkeep or whenever you cast a white spell, put a charge counter on it. So you get at least a charge counter every turn. Mm-hmm. If you're playing white spells, you get extras. Tap three and tap, sacrifice it to put a 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature token onto the battlefield for each charge counter on it. I just think that's a really neat card. Um, I mean, it seems like a good, uh, like if you're playing some sort of like white metal craft or or even just a white deck period, and then someone goes, is playing control and they day, you know what I mean? It's just a good, it's just bring, gives you more dudes, you know? Yeah. Um, not to mention the fact that you're like adding counters every turn, regardless of what happens, you know? Right. Um, I just think it's cool. I think it's, um, I mean, I think it could be good. You know, I don't just think that it's neat, you know, even though I do think it's neat, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It seems, uh, like, I don't know. It seems kind of like a waste of a card. I guess it's just, it's not a powerful enough effect to kind of waste a card, it's just not going to do anything until like you just got to kind of wait a while. It's a lot of time investment for just like some one ones. You know, it might be a lot of one ones, but uh, right. But if you're using something like like tempered steel or yeah. you know something like that, it could be pretty devastating. Right, but the um, problem I see with that is that now instead of playing like some two mana artifact creature that you could play that could be aggressive and win early, which is what you're probably trying to do with a tempered steel deck. You're playing this. That's just sitting there and sit, you know what I mean? And not doing anything. Um, I, I'm not saying it's not an interesting card to consider, but I just think that that's what I, that's what I think of, you know, in response to what you're saying, what you're saying is on the stack <laughs> in response. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. This set reminds me of Alara Reborn, except that like you can actually cast the spells. Yeah, it's that's interesting. Yeah, instead of like Alara Reborn, everything was like multicolor, and in this, it's kind of like no color. Not that they're 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 colored artifacts in this set, but they also like cost no color at all. That kind of thing. It's kind of kind of a strange mirror image of Alara Reborn. Now that you mention it, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty weird. Okay, so I just I just did a count, and um, of the colored cards in mm. this set, there are twenty six cards that can be played in any deck, regardless of you know the the, de- the cards have a color to them. 
Right, but but they can be played in any deck. So that's going to be a really interesting thing to see how decks wind up shaping out. Yeah, up in the next. Uh, I I don't know. Like I almost feel like having this set three weeks out um, isn't going to make m- like that. Like after looking at the set, isn't going to make that much of a difference in terms of like solving the format fast because it seems like th- they just kind of kick the entire format on its head. Yeah, it's so cool. Like I'm so excited about like playing with these cards and you know just brewing with them and stuff and oh i don't know it's it's a really exciting really powerful set and i think uh you know free spells have traditionally been very very powerful so yeah uh i think this could be no exception so we're gonna see what happens and i sure can't with all the hype from this set I can't wait to trade it to pre-release. I'm just going to put that right <laughs> out there. Uh, on to just a, a little bit of news that I wanted to mention. And, um, Joe, I'm not even sure if you know this, but I think you at least have uh, an idea of it. Um, we just got some Yo! MTG Taps life pads from mtgpad.com. Uh, yeah. Dave Robinder had sent us some samples a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and we passed them out in our little uh, play group every every Thursday we get together with some guys and uh, everybody seemed to like them we made a couple modifications to them but uh, but there's some really really cool life pads I mean it, we're excited to just have our, our logo on the life pad kind of thing um, we're going to be giving these out if you see us in person so basically you have to see us at a tournament at a pre-release at a Star City open um, anything like that so uh, if you have a play group or a, a you know, or, or a certain product or website or anything, mtgpad.com is a great place to get these these life pads. Uh, he's also got his own versions uh, of uh, artwork that you can get if you don't have any specific picture or logo that you want. Um, he's got tear off versions, which are which are the ones we got, um, and he's also got like spiral bound versions. So yeah, check out mtgpad.com. Also, for those of you who who didn't know, um, I actually did an interview with the Beamy, Robert Martin, on the Men of Magic podcast this past week. And, Joe, you'll be having one coming up this week, right? Yeah, I'm recording uh, Tuesday night. Okay, so uh, so look for those. If uh, You go to mtgcast.com, the Men of Magic podcast. Mine is already up, and Joe's will be up shortly. So I think that's everything. We've recorded for way longer than I meant to. Not unexpected, though. <laughs> So, uh, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching and start pre ordering your new Phyrexian cards. And brewing. And brewing, that too. With new Phyrexia cards. With new Phyrexia cards, because you have three weeks. <laughs> yes. Proxy. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I'll learn both this generation and before. Valencia Chase Rare's actual inventor, inspired by a burn deck built red dragon store. Made next level blue, control cool. More gifts decks than most would admit to. Invented Dark Man, and I don't even modo. You think Nasif was my only bullet in Kyoto? Five color blood cascade control, please. Yeah, about 30 decks starting 5C. Reanimator. 
green, white, crest, you'll know Grixis and Tezzeret full. And of course, old blue, white control invented Jason San Diego. Tinging six and